Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, uh, we are talking about merging art and life. Um, A while back, Rebecca posed this question on Facebook, what activities, passions, or interests do you pursue outside of your studio, art-related or otherwise? Do you think they feed your main work and focus? And uh, we actually, we got a lot of response on this. Um, The answers poured in, and today we're going to take a look at some of them. So with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. And... I want to start out by why I wanted to know this. Why did I ask this question? And I was thinking about the fact that for many of us, being an artist is such a huge identity and it's a huge passion. And a lot of us sort of think of ourselves in those terms, but the truth is that we all do other things. And I started to think about how those things feed into our art or not. And I was also just kind of curious about um, what what else do people do? I mean, uh, for example, on Facebook, mostly I see people's artwork and occasionally a more personal post. But I was thinking, you know, everybody has this wholeness to their lives. And, and so I know that there will always be crossover influences if our art is about who we are. And who are we? You know, it's kind of, I was just really kind of interested in that. And so um, I just asked the question that Ross just read, and because I I was interested in the topic, but I didn't just want to talk about myself and my own interests. And I, I thought there's a huge is a huge range out there. I know it, and that's exactly what what came through in people's answers. And as Ross said, we had a lot of response to this question. People seemed eager to to fill us in on what else they do in life. Um, and I, these were ranging all over the place. Um, I'll just read a few that came up, uh, volunteering with various causes, all kinds of collections like, um, fountain pens. I like that one. Uh, found objects, old things, old books. Um, one person said he studies the design of Ferraris, the car. <laughs> um, somebody said they raise bonsais. We, had answers that involve storytelling, um, environmental causes, sustainability, um, working with the homeless. So there was this kind of thread of social consciousness in there. Um, and the one that was really kind of interesting to me was a range of physical activities that people do. And it seemed to be something – we all know we should exercise, right? But I was kind of looking for what that connection might be with your art, and, and I'll, I'll – bring that up a little bit later too. But these included, um, I think I wrote down most of them, tennis, horseback riding, weightlifting, sailing, mountain biking, rock climbing, croquet, pickleball, fencing, and various kinds of dance and movement. And so I kind of enjoy thinking of all these artists out there being so uh, physically active. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, and also people mentioned their professions at times and how that played into their work. There was a psychotherapist that answered, interior designer, somebody who provides costumes uh, for stage and film. And so it's interesting that some people's day jobs have a direct effect on what they do in the studio. 
And one thing I want to mention that came up, it's kind of a sideline, was the topic of synesthesia. And this might be an interesting one for a full podcast sometime. If you don't know what synesthesia is, uh, some people have this sort of automatic connection that happens in their brains between certain sensory input and other sensory input. For example, if they hear a certain note played or sung, they that note is always a particular color. And a particular color may likewise be a certain note and a certain smell might provoke a color. I mean, it's just really interesting thing to, to read about. And several of our listeners experience this. And um, obviously, that's probably going to play into their work in terms of color choices and so on. Um, well, and, and synesthesia is something that uh, has been a noted phenomenon in terms of, of psychedelic drug experiences, which we know have had a very profound influence on very as- various aspects of art, um, particularly music. Uh, you know, the music scene um, uh. of, you know, several decades ago um, and into current times with more of the electronic dance scene and, oh. and things like that. But there's always been this connection. Um, and then even going back further before kind of the psychedelic drug revolution um, to uh, like Salvador Dali, um, you know, depriving himself of sleep and, um, you know, putting his body under various strains to produce these kind of bizarre effects in his own brain, which then he could interpret um, in in his artwork. Huh. No, I, I didn't realize that it was talked about in terms of actually producing it. I The people, the people I know of that have it or have I've read about it's completely involuntary it's just yeah it can it can just exist in some people's minds but uh, it's also something that is induced by drug experiences or by uh, strain on the mind and body huh. um, yeah it's, it's really an interesting topic I um, I I was uh you know, as I said, it's kind of a sideline to what we're talking about here. But if you were someone who has this, it's, you know, it's going to affect so much. Um, it's not exactly an outside interest. It's part of who you are. But anyway, I just thought I'd uh, throw that one in. And as people answered these, this question, there were a lot of repeats. There were a lot of things that people said over and over again. And I'm going to get to some of those a bit later because I, I think there are commonalities in what artists sort of gravitate towards. Um, some people addressed that second part of my question and some didn't. The second part being, how does how does your passions and your interests outside of the studio affect your work? And, and I really was interested in that. Um, and I think, um, I mean, I, I think they all do. They must on some level because, you know, we're whole people. But I would say for a lot of people, it's not necessarily any conscious connection. And so um, I'll talk a little bit about some of the things that people did connect and suggest maybe that there could be more conscious light shown on this for for any of us and our the things that we are passionate about outside of, of the studio um, possibly helpful in making more of those connections or thinking about them. And the reason I bring that up or I'm interested in it is because 
when I teach or when I talk to people or sometimes uh, listener questions have to do with this idea of a personal voice in your work. Like what makes your work about you? What makes it unique and stand out from other people's? And this is true in abstraction as well as, you know, if you're using imagery. So I think it's hard for people with abstraction to to make that bit of a leap between something uh, something they like or something they connect with and how that's going to come through in their work. But I I think this approach to the idea of what interests you is is one way into that. Um the connection might be fairly indirect. It might not be something that anyone else would really see. But if you consider your life as a whole and everything that's going into it is feeding it. And in fact, a couple of people that answered this question said, um, everything I do is related to my work. And of course, you know, gave me a list of things that they did, but this sense of continuity through their life and the kind of things they're drawn to. So, um, one of the ones that, that came up quite often in what people said, it was probably the most common response to what what interests you, what do you like to do um, apart from your work in the studio was being in nature. Sometimes people said hiking in nature, riding their bike or riding their horse in nature. There's something about being outside in a remote place, possibly a wilder place away from civilization or anywhere. You know, you, you might have a little patch of woods near your house where you go, or you can get down to a riverbank or something. And I found that pretty interesting. And I don't think a lot of these people necessarily deal with landscape in their work, possibly in a very abstracted way, but they were saying that it does influence their art because when you're out walking, particularly when you're alone in nature, you're really looking and you're really observing. You might be looking at the play of light. You might be looking at textures, details, colors, all kinds of things. And that could definitely find their way into your work, as well as probably experiencing a sense of spirituality or whatever that word means to you, this sense of something greater than yourself when you're surrounded by some sort of vast expanse of nature it's it's it seems like an important connection that can be made and and i feel this very much in my own work and i was interested to see how often it came up when people responded um another one that people sometimes in their answers connected with their artwork was physical activity um as someone who is a weightlifter, uh, said, said that's what he did. And I said, Oh, uh, how, how does that relate to your work? And he said, um, well, it has to do with the physicality of painting, really. The, the fact that if you work large, you're going to be, uh, you know, lifting up big paintings and you're going to be moving a lot of paint around. And, I thought that was interesting. And I, and I had to think there was something else maybe to do with the, with the physicality of the paint, the materialism of the materials we work with. We're, we're physically moving stuff around, you know? And so there's maybe some connection to physical movement with that. 
Um, another guy said he liked rock climb and the way he described rock climbing and relating to painting was so interesting because as you're climbing the rock, you're constantly making these intuitive decisions about where to put your hands and feet and, you know, how to shift your weight and all that. And, and he's an abstract painter, Jeff Erickson. And he said it helps him to, he relates it to the process of abstract painting where you're making all these intuitive moves on your work. Um, well, there's also the whole concept, um, particularly in in sports and in art, um, of kind of being in the zone. Um, you know, having this kind of yes. uh, very intense focus on what you're doing, um, and being able to shift your your brain waves into that way of thinking. Um, it, I think that probably there's there's a very strong connection um, in terms of just practicing that mental state. Right, um, being and, in and the moment, in and out of it. Yeah, being yeah, in and the it's moment. almost it's almost like the opposite of the being in nature thing, where being in nature, something about it makes you like hyper aware of everything around you. Um, and when you're really in the zone, it's like nothing else <laughs> is. You you have this kind of tunnel vision where where this you have this intense focus on what you're doing, and all kinds of stuff could be going around on around you that you don't even notice. Yeah, yeah, really good point. Um, that. It's it's a way of practicing that form of focus, and you know you think of a, a ball sport like tennis or golf, and you're you know it's you and that little ball and what's happening with it, and it, it is so such a narrow focus, um, and and I think uh, also people mentioned just the, the invigorating aspect of exercise, and that it's such a good break from a lot of us. You know, when we're working, we're sort of hunched over, or we're <laughs> standing at an easel or whatever it is. It's not, you can, your muscles can become kind of locked up and tense. And it's so good to get out and move around and do whatever is appealing to you in that way. And I, I think, I think it's really important. I, I think that could be another, a longer topic at some point. Uh, because I think it's it's a mind body connection, right? And it's it's there's a lot there. I think um, another example of that people mentioned where they're doing something they love and it's related to their painting is writing. And we we've had several podcasts now about writing, and it's um, it's a creative activity. Obviously, if you're writing poetry or or your blog or anything, and um, I think it's a it's an interesting thing to think about if you did creative writing. One person mentioned writing poetry. And so the poet, poetic writing stimulates, I would say, stimulates your brain in a similar way as when you paint. And somebody else mentioned that writing helped her to be specific about things, to to find the right word for what she wanted to say. And it's, again, it relates to painting or other art processes where you're looking for that right thing, that right color, that right compositional move that's going to bring things together. And it it does seem connected and like one would enhance the other one. Um, travel, again, many people mentioned the experience of going into, to travel anywhere, sometimes going into other cultures and 
experiencing life in a very different way. And again, that's something I really enjoy. And it's, it's part of my creative process, I think, to, to travel. And it's so, it is, I mean, they always say it's mind expanding. It absolutely is. And you don't realize it necessarily while you're even in the place. I mean, you're, it's similar to being, what we were saying about being in nature where you notice everything and you're walking down the street and all the things that are different than what you're used to are popping out at you. It's very stimulating. And I think in terms of your artwork, it takes a while to digest all that. So you don't necessarily know when you're there what's going to stay with you. But it's this huge sensory experience that is so interesting and and culturally, you know, seeing things in different ways and understanding that different languages bring different perspectives to things. And it's just uh, really great. I, that's more in terms of foreign travel, but as one person said, doesn't matter where she's going. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> go anywhere. <laughs> and it's always, you always feel a little more open when you're, when you're traveling, I think. Um, and another one that was a lot of people mentioned some type of musical involvement. So whether they're um, playing the music themselves or listening to it had seems to be mostly to do with the rhythm, with the mood of music. And um, people mentioned specifically improvisational music and jazz, which is a type of obviously. And I think that, that clearly relates to Im improvisational painting, intuitive painting, the kind of abstraction that a lot of people are in interested in, where you're just making it up as you go along and responding to what you have, but you're still working with some type of structure. And I think the also the um, uh, uh, Dan Addington mentioned um, that he plays music with a group and that there's this collaborative aspect to that, which is something artists sometimes kind of crave and whether they find it through their art or something else. And I guess that could come up in a lot of the sports and things too. This working with other people, we, we tend to be rather solitary. <laughs> and um, so that's a, a kind of a interesting connection, I think. And, and finally, you know, a lot of people talked about looking at art as, as something they love to do. They love to go to museums, galleries, look at art books, uh, and then kind of branching out from that. When I when I first asked the question, I said, you know, is it, it doesn't have to be non-art related. Some people mentioned things that were clearly art related, but they're not their main occupation. And so it might be taking workshops in a media that you're not familiar with or experimenting with something on the side that isn't really part of your work at this point, but you're trying it anyway. <clears throat> so those are some of the things that I I was curious to see what that direct connection was that people could identify. And when you think about your own interests and um, how they may be part of your work or not, I think, as I said earlier, it's it's good to kind of be open to a very a sort of an indirect connection or there's something, maybe you don't even know what it is, but if you sort of shine a light on it and say, I want to be open to whatever this is, there is so much that comes through in our work that's intuitive and subconscious. 
um, and I was just talking a minute ago about trying other art forms and things like that. So I have a, a little experience of my own, which is that recently I've started going to a figure drawing group. And this is something that I have not done in many, many years. And, but I, I thought I'm kind of new as an artist to this place where I live in New Mexico. I thought, well, it'd be good to meet some people. And, and I've always, I always did enjoy figure drawing when I did it, but, you know, very rusty, <laughs> uh, in my mind that this was something I was way out of practice with. But I've always kind of felt that drawing from life of any type, whether it's landscape or whatever it is, is good, is good practice for abstraction. It, it feeds into it. So anyway, I decided to go to this group. And, and I've really been enjoying it uh, with, you know, different levels of success. Sometimes I throw everything away, but <laughs> sometimes, you know, it clicks. And I've been wondering, okay, how might this affect my other work? I don't really know yet, but I can tell that when I'm doing this activity, I know what interests me about it. And that is the rendering of form of light and shadow and the way the body can curve and have little dips and valleys. And it's, it's a beautiful form to look at and try to render. And the other thing I know about the way I'm working in this group is that I'm using a brush and I'm using water media like gouache and uh, ink. And I don't use a lot of brushes when I paint in oil and wax. But lately, I have been. I've been picking up the brush a lot more. And I didn't even realize it. And I thought, wait a minute. I wonder if this is because of what I'm doing in that figure drawing group. So I'm using that example as a way to say, you know, you try something and you enjoy something. And you don't have to know that it connects to your art at all. But it may. <laughs> and it may surprise you how it does. Um, and I think if you if you wonder and you think, well, there's no connection between... Some people mentioned bird watching. That came up quite a bit. You might think, what is the connection between bird watching and my paintings? I don't paint birds. I'm an abstract painter, for example. And I'm thinking about that and thinking, when you're watching the bird, again, it's that very close focus, right? You're very honed in on this bird. There's a lot of movement, birds coming and going. And, and you're always kind of that moment when you're watching the bird, but you're not sure how it's going, how long it's going to stay there where you can see it, right? So it can flit away at any moment. So there's continual movement. There's kind of a, almost a, it's kind of a game of chance, really. It's kind of, uh, what are you going to see? And there's an excitement to what will be revealed, right? Um, and the, the birds themselves have this beautiful color. They have this, kind of a duality of being very fragile, but also pretty darn tough, you know, out there in the in the cold weather or whatever. And so if you just kind of let your mind roam a little bit with whatever it is you're interested in, kind of think of other concepts or something. And it's not like you have to force that into your work. All I'm saying is it may feed into your work if you're just more conscious of what it is you like about whatever it is <laughs> that you do. And it may not be that the actual subject, you may not want to put a bird in your work. Although I hear that's very good to put a bird in your work, right? There's some TV show or something, <laughs> put a bird in it. Um, 
But if you're not interested in imagery, think about what the imagery says to you. What, what, why do you enjoy looking at it? Um, another one, many people mention gardening as something they enjoy. And I'm thinking about the, the cycles there, the, the cycles of putting the seed in the ground or the little plant and watching it grow and mature and maybe yield fruits or vegetables and then the dying back and the seasonal aspect of it. So there's this circular um, idea that comes with gardening in my mind anyway, but if it's something that is important to you and you do it, you know, maybe get a little philosophical about it and think, think about the things about gardening that you love and might that be something you could bring into your work so i think this just well, kind I, of i think another interesting thing about gardening is is also uh that you're training your brain to delay gratification because oh, there's yeah. a lot of work that goes into it before you see any results and and same thing with like weightlifting um but uh you know a lot of these activities it's like you have to it's it's all about the process and you have to do the process a whole lot before you see results. And that's the same thing with your artwork as well. Yeah, yeah. I I that's a really good connection with so many of these things. The yeah, the the putting in the work and eventually seeing the results and I guess it's it's all good training for your patience, which is a huge factor in art making, I think, <laughs> um, for any individual piece or for your work as a whole, just having that patience to keep at it and enjoying the process and enjoying enjoying it for its own sake as you're involved in it, um, which is all of these things. That's you know why people are excited about them. Um, so I I thought I'd just kind of uh, summing it up by, by going back over some of the things that were important in people's responses that people brought up a lot. Um, one of the ones I, I mentioned being in nature. Another one that came up a lot was, was doing yoga and doing some form of meditation, right? Um, some people, feel that their own work, their work is meditative as they do it. A lot of people feel that way, but some other form of meditation and yoga as being a centering grounding activity. Photography came up a lot and as a sideline. And, and that's one that I relate to myself. I, I take a lot of photos and I really enjoy it. I've never exhibited them. I've never done anything with them. I hardly, I, I mean, I, I show them to people. I put them on Facebook, et cetera, but I hardly look at them in terms of my work ever. So it's just the activity itself that I, I love. And somebody mentioned how it, it really does help other forms of art because you're composing when you take a photo and you're paying attention. You're really looking at things. Um, so I mentioned the music was very common. Uh, physical activity, volunteering, um, not only feeling like you need to give back something, but it's part also of, of being with other people. And the the solitary aspect of art making seems to make that sort of thing important for a lot of people to be part of a community, to 
to recognize a need in your community and, and take part in that. Whether with adults or children, um, several people mentioned how they enjoy being around little kids and how refreshing it is. And, you know, they definitely see the world differently. Um, reading, of course, reading anything from escapist fiction to, oh, philosophy. And there were several fairly heavy topics that people mentioned reading about <laughs> and as part of their feeding their mind, feeding, feeding their curiosity. I got the sense from certain people that their whole lives were about curiosity and being always looking for new knowledge. And it, it that's just a beautiful thing. And I think it can't help but affect their their artwork if they're open to things and they're curious. Um, travel again. I've talked about that. So in this whole list, and there were there were others that just very eclectic, really. I just thought it was so interesting. If I uh, if you want to look at this post, it's on my my personal page, but you should be able to see it on Facebook. Um, and as I'm looking at this list, I'm thinking. They're sort of grouping them, like there's a lot of these things that really help you kind of slow down and get centered and grounded and connect with your inner self um, nature. They have this meditative aspect that's kind of feeding your inner self. And there are aspects of many of these activities that have that. And then there's kind of maybe the opposite, the more much more stimulating activities, um, being active, uh, music, playing music, working with people, traveling, and and the physical activities. Um, and then there's kind of another grouping of things that, that do have more direct art connection, um, trying media that you're not as familiar with or taking uh, workshops and so on. And a lot of people gave me a big list, and they're telling me, six, seven, eight things that they do. And that made me think, um, I guess it's really good to, to have such a full list of things that you really enjoy. We talked in another podcast recently about about kind of scheduling yourself and pacing yourself. And one of the things that we talked about was giving some time to yourself. And I think this ties in really well because – Finding things that you want to do outside the studio gets you out of your own head, right? Um, so I, I found it a very uplifting thing to read all of these, and they're still coming in. I, I, I finally just um, quit trying to keep up with every single one and answering them myself, but it was exciting to see the response. Well, do you have any uh, final thoughts on this topic, or uh, uh, want to do a little wrap up here? Yeah, I. I think my kind of takeaway from all this was that when we look at any of our, our lives, there's so many different aspects and parts to it. And art actually has this potential to express our whole selves. And if we're open to bringing in some of these other things that we're passionate about, it can really, it can really feed our work. It's, it's not, it's not any one thing necessarily. It's just this general feeling of possibility and curiosity and, and some combination of, of what we make for ourselves and what life has 
served up for us. And and that can all feed our work in such interesting ways. Well, and, and everything is connected in your life. And uh, art does imitate life and life does imitate art. So yeah. and I, yeah. these things are all connected and they're all one. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're living a full life, then there's going to be uh, all these influences. Um, and it's, it's good to look at your influences, uh, honestly, and, uh, you know, learn from other people's as well. Yeah. And uh, somebody commented on this whole Facebook thread, how they were getting ideas of things that they might like to get involved in. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I, I guess I said at the very beginning of the podcast, when we're, an, when you're an artist, it tends to be basically the identity that you think of yourself and you present to the world. And I think underneath that for everyone, there's all this other stuff going on. So <laughs> anyway, it was fun to talk about it. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com as well as www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.